0: Good morning, we are in chapter 14 of the book of Shofetim. We're continuing the saga of Shimshon. Last time, we introduced Shimshon, the narrative section of Shimshon. After Shimshon grows up, uh, we had thir- chapter 13 was the introduction to his, his origin sorry, or to him in general. But 14, he grows up and he, uh, he the first thing we see about him is that he goes to a place called Timnah, and he desires a woman who is a Pelishti woman. And he goes and he tells his father and mother, and he says, I want this woman. And they say, Are there not any Jewish women? And they did not know that this was from God, for he was seeking a pretext against the Pilishtim. Now who was seeking a pretext against the Pilishtim? Is Shimshon seeking a pretext against the Pilishtim, or is it God who is seeking the pretext? Not exactly clear from the text. Most of the Rishonim say, it's Shimshon. Meaning Shimshon is doing this not out of a de- sexual desire, but out of the will to to, to have ex- an excuse to fight the pelishtim on behalf of B'nei Israel. Um, uh, but you could also say that it is God who wanted the pretext against the pelishtim and he's using Shimshon, who's a man with strong sexual desires, to get there. Okay, Then... He goes along with his father and mother to Timnah, But they separate for a period of time Maybe because they were entering a vineyard And he didn't, he didn't want to go in And he bumps into a lion And the lion comes roaring to him And then he, he tears the lion apart He gets the spirit of God And he tears the lion apart And he had nothing in his hand He had no weapon to do so He tears the lion apart And he did not tell his, fa- he did not tell his father and mother That he had done so He did not tell his father and mother That he had torn the lion apart and then he went down And he spoke to the woman Probably with his father and mother And she was good in his eyes Now we've already seen this before In Pasuk 3 Whenever he said to his father and mother I want her For she is She is good in my eyes And then here it says And he goes and he speaks to her And he sees that she is good in his eyes Again so according to some Perushim The first time he saw that she was beautiful And the second time he saw that she was good A good person uh, In my opinion um, I'm not as compelled By that interpretation I think the focus is on The fact that he is seeking What his eyes desire The eyes are the, are the most um, Misleading of the senses And the sense that the Torah tells us To trust the least And I think one of Shimshon's problems Are that he goes after the desires of his eyes Now the desires of the eyes are typically It's fantasy It's not real What's real Are going to be maybe the desires of the mind Or to pursue someone for Them as a person And not for what they look like Because you could pursue someone for what they look like And it could actually be a very very bad Bad situation And on top of that um, The Torah says that that you do not go out. The eyes are what leads a person to Abu Dazara as well. They lead to Abu Dazara, they lead to to illicit relationships. A person may think what his... The problem with the eyes is that they feel the most real. They're very, very compelling. When they tell you that something is good, you want to listen to them. But really you have to train your brain to, to be stronger than your eyes. And to seek what's good. Not what's good visually, but what's good uh, innately. Pasukhet, now we're going inside. Pasukhet, eighth Pasuk. After a number of days, he comes to take her as a wife, probably because um, uh, he had gone home to prepare the wedding or something. He comes back to finally take her in marriage. And he want, want to see what happened to that line that he had killed and he sees a congregation of bees that are inside the lion and there was also honey there so he takes some of the, the, the honey in his palm and he's eating and he's sucking on the honey as he was going good question One of the in the Gemara they describe Shon. They describe the Nizirut of Shimshon as being a unique Nizirut, a unique type of Nazirite ship that did not have the Isur of Tumat Met. He didn't have, he didn't have to worry about the, the Tuma that comes from the dead. You'll see that when he kills people. How could he kill people? Yeah.
1: But well, there's a difference. And I don't know, I, I forget,
0: I said this before, I have to look it up. I don't know which dead animals produce Tumat. Probably a lion does but there are some categories of animals that don't okay so like birds birds don't produce Tuma when you touch them only animals do All right so i have to see what which category i'm sure pretty sure lions do pr- produce Tuma, but i have to check okay so he puts it in his palm and he goes and he eats and he goes to his father and, his, and and he goes to his father and his mother and he gives them of the honey as well and they eat arye rada divash. But he did not tell his father and mother that he had taken the, the honey from the innards of the line. Now, why is it important that he did not tell them that?
1: Did not tell him about the honey?
0: He didn't tell them where the honey came from.
1: Um, his mom's not allowed to have it either, I thought. Or that's only when she was pregnant.
0: Probably when she was pregnant. I don't
1: know. Why, why, would why it, is it important? He's not... Raggy, Usually he... I thought he was the type that brags a lot, or maybe he becomes that person. I know, he's
0: a very cryptic person. So far, I, I can't... It's hard to tell... It's very, very hard to read his motivations. Very hard to read his motivations. Maybe because then he'd have to
1: explain that he killed the lion?
0: I think, I think it's going to become more evident later. He's going to reference this. The text is going to reference the fact that he didn't tell his father and mother, and I think it's just setting up the later story. So we'll see where, why he says it. So his father goes down to the woman, and Shimshon makes a party there, as the men typically would make the wedding party. So Shimshon makes a party there, because that's how the men in the Pilishti society would do it. Meaning, apparently, this wasn't a Jewish way of the man making the wedding, but in Pilishtim, the man would make the wedding, so he made the party. And it was when they saw him now, Translate this passage Because I don't know who's seeing whom
1: It says in presence The woman and her father saw him Got it. That they took 30 companions to be with him
0: Okay so the woman And the father They take 30 pelishtim Pelishtim men To be like the friends of Shimshon At the wedding So Shimshon then says to them Let me tell you a riddle He likes to have have fun If you tell the answer to the riddle to me And if you succeed And you find it within the seven days of this party that I'm making I'm going to give you 30 sheets And 30 changes of clothing Or suits or something But if you cannot tell me within the seven days, you will give me 30 sheets and 30 suits, or changes of clothing, and they said to him, okay, tell us your riddle, let's hear it. Now they're thinking, it's great for us, because there are 30 of us. So for us, the cost is low. Right? The cost is low. And for him, the cost is very high. So... So we don't have much to lose Let's hear it You know Nobody everybody, everybody likes to hear riddles The problem is The riddle is going to be impossible to answer He said From, he, from that which eats Came out food And from something strong Something That's sweet the came out the lines That's the honey in the line Exactly And they couldn't figure anything out For three days Obviously they couldn't figure it out Because he was basing it off A right, real life event so they're thinking, okay, we have nothing to lose. It's only one, one suit we have to give him. Right? So they think we have nothing to lose, we might as well hear it. But then they hear it, and it's impossible to answer because it's based on a, a, on a life event that occurred to him that nobody knows about. Pasuk Tadvav. Now the question is, he's giving them an impossible riddle. And he gives them seven days. It could be that he's trying to cause them to slip up and do something foolish, like what they're about to do. So they couldn't figure it out for three days. And wasn't the seventh day. They go to his wife. Convince your husband, or like seduce your husband. And he will tell us, let him tell us the answer to the riddle. And if you do not do so, we'll burn you and your father's house on fire. Did you call us here to make us poor? Because they're saying to the wife and to the father, you brought us here to be Shimshon's friends, to be the the men of the thing. Now you're making us poor by coming here. We lost a lot of money coming to this party. So they go to her and they go to her father, get this answer out of him or we're going to burn you on fire. Now the question is, Shimshon gave them an impossible riddle. And he knows that they have no... They don't really care about him. So was he setting... that? Did he premeditate this? That they would go and try to convince his wife? Just as an excuse to get back at them?
1: It feels like he's waiting... Not for them to slip up, but... For them to show their hand. Like, what would happen if... Something like this happens You know like He's scouting his enemies Thoughts How they would
0: react to Right so let's let's continue So the wife of Shimshon goes to him And she cries to him And she says You've hated me You don't love me You gave a riddle To the people of my nation But you didn't tell me the answer aren't we like uh, husband and wife? Why don't you tell me the answer? And he says to her, listen to this. He says to her, He says my father and my mother, I didn't tell. I'm going to tell you. That's like, he says, that's wrong though. It's interesting. Very interesting the way he's talking. First of all, is in the bond between, Yeah, that. he's putting his parents above his wife, which apparently is a big no-no. Um, So that's that's like an insult to her. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then... The way she talks to him, it's so funny. She says, don't you love me? You hate me. You don't love me. You told my friends, your friends, this riddle. You're not telling me the answer. He's like, why would I tell you? I didn't even tell my parents.
1: What, the way I'm seeing is... He should be thinking, hey, you're on my side. You want us to get this that makes us richer. Like why do you want me to lose?
0: No. It seems like she's just very curious. She's playing as if she's very curious.
1: But as a husband, if your wife tries to like not put you down but put you in a situation where you can lose a, a bet, right she gains to lose as well.
0: Right. Well, we'll see. It's not how the story will continue. Yeah. She cries him for seven, the full seven days. And the seventh day, she he finally tells her because she really distressed him. She really got under his skin. And then she went and she told the answer to the people. And it was the people of the city, those thirty men that the father and the wife invited. On the seventh day before the sun comes down, they say the following Ma matok mi debash, Ume az ari. What is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than a lion? Meaning that's the answer. And then he says, if it weren't for the fact that you plowed with my you plowed my uh, it says using calf. my calf, meaning he's saying you used you used my wife, you would not have found the riddle. It's also, he speaks in like a riddle, in like riddles also. It's interesting. And he had the Spirit of God come upon him, and he goes down to Ashkelon, and he kills 30 men. And he goes and he takes those Pilishti peoples, the dead Pelishti peoples' clothing, he gives it to the 30 men that got the riddle, he gives it to the people who said He gets angry and he just leaves And he goes back to his father's house Now he goes back to his father's house Without his wife yeah. okay? She went and she became the wife of one of his friends One of the, the friends, the quote-unquote friends That had befriended him Okay, so that's going to set the stage for next time yeah. um, In the meantime What's interesting about chimshon? Is that He's playing by some kind of moral code It's like He, he gives He pays them
1: He pays them with other people
0: he, he, Meaning like he keeps his side of the bargain You know yeah. So it seems like he's almost like He's almost operating within the framework of <laughs> okay. He's like operating within their framework Of like,
1: he's basically he's playing by their rules, but he's trying to.
0: He's playing by their rules and showing how what happens when you when I play by your rules. Yeah. You know, they went and they said, "We want to get this riddle right. We're gonna burn your your house on fire," and then he goes and he said, "He's like, I want to pay you back. I'm gonna kill these people." You know, it's it's like exactly that's this piliştii morality. Yeah. So he's playing by the, the rules of their morality. I think that what he's trying to show them potentially is you see what happens when you have a fake moral code? This is what happens. It's an interesting thing. Okay, so next time we're going to see the consequences of his wife remarrying another man. And that's the 15th chapter. Baruch Adonai Lulam. men.